Ladies and gentlemen, he is here, and he's going to be with me tomorrow night on Rob Pratt Monday night after local news at 6. All about reaping the harvest. More on that in a moment. But if you're the 10th caller now at 412-922-1020, you're going to get a $25 gift certificate to go out and see Randy and the gang. Love the place that is Sorgles out in Wexford, so I hope you'll do that. I just told Doug down the line moments ago, he said, how have you been? I haven't seen Doug since March. He's been on remote. He's on the disc to the Pittsburgh Newsline. I said, Andy, our buddy Andy gave me a, one of these LED lights with that electric eye so it comes on and off. I have one in the lamppost out front, but I put one in the little uh, light that's connected to my garage that sits behind my house that you have to walk outside from the back porch to get into. And I told Doug, I was so excited today because let there be light. I was waiting till it got dark last night. I'm peeking out the kitchen window to see if it, you know, was lit. And I told Doug, you know, it really is amazing how something that small can mean so much as far as significance to your living space, and especially if you have to negotiate that living space when the the dark is upon us, meaning that the the light of the day has gone. And Doug, it's it's strange but true. It is the little things when that light yeah. comes on that makes a difference, right? Yeah, yeah. There's no doubt. You know, Andy always has the best stuff. He does. He? he does. He was he was on TV the other day, and he has this pretty cool like organic mosquito control. Uh, that people were telling me about. I was watching it, and I was like, oh, Andy, that's amazing. Yeah, Andy Andy, and Rhyme always has the best stuff, and you're right, <laughs> Rob. It is the little things, and I'm looking forward to tomorrow night, you and I talking. So, I, wish, I wish we could be in the studio together. You're right. It's been since March. I mean, that... That seems weird. Well, for the people watching all my videos, those Shakespeare fishing rods that were purchased at Dick's Sporting Goods, the reason I have them in most of the shots now, that's my tribute to the fisherman that is Doug Oster. I have those things. In, <laughs> I think of you often. I've got two there, and I'm hoping one day you and I can walk across the river and down to the Ohio, walk across the road and down to the Ohio River and do some fishing together. Uh, I know that's one of the simple pleasures in life that you enjoy so much. But, you know, Doug, it's just... It's so amazing to me how everything is so surreal right now. Even when I walk out to my car in the morning, you know, in that 3 a.m. hour under the stars, it seems a little bit more unique, a little bit more quiet. There's kind of a hush as far as even the, the wildlife. We are living in such unique times, and all I can say is thank goodness for people being able to get out, work in their yard, work in their garden. And the reason why I wanted you on tomorrow night we were talking recently about where we are as far as the, the garden calendar, and a lot of folks says, well, and even Mike Bronischewski was talking about the garden winding down, and I thought, well, you know, Doug's always planting something, so why not? And I thought about this a couple of weeks ago and finally was able to put it together. Even though it is the end of July and a lot of that stuff you have picked off the vine, including tomatoes, which uh, just look so spectacular right now, there is still a lot more that you can do in your garden for the summer, right? Well, it's funny when you do hear people say garden winding down because for me, I'm getting start getting ready to start phase three here. Uh, this, this to me, this is a hard time for me, uh, and this has been a hot summer. Although that's been a great thing for the tomatoes, it's been a tough thing for watering. But boy, moving to that third phase, what I call the third phase, is is one of my favorite parts of the year. And, yeah, tomorrow we're going to talk all about the right way to harvest, but we're also going to talk about continuing this garden because as soon as things cool off, there's a lot of plants that we can be putting in, lots of seeds even that we can still be planting and that will go all the way certainly to Thanksgiving and, and depending on how the winter starts. We, we could go all the way to Christmas, and then depending on how the winter is, it could go all the way to the next year. Uh, and so – this this for me is not winding down. The garden for me 
is in its summer peak, but uh, there's still so much more to do. You know, Mrs. Know It All be the person to talk about this, but you know, when I'm out at Janoski's, I see the ball. Uh, 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 canning jars and you know they have their 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 uh, pickles in uh in the jar they have their spaghetti sauce peppers and sauce salsa in a jar i gotta believe this year more than ever because of the world that we're in right now and it's all about fresh whether it's the stuff at janoski's off the shelf i gotta believe people are going to be canning more now than ever before doug well i think you're right as you said such a strange summer and spending all that time out in the garden. I've, I've never spent more time than this in the garden. It's been wonderful. And as you said, out on the, out on the lake fishing, but yeah, putting things up, whether it's canning or freezing or whatever it is, uh, I think it's going to be bigger than ever. Uh, let's start talking about today's show. Uh, Eric Countryman from Davy Tree, from the Davy Tree Expert Company will join us to talk about plant health care. And Rob, I, I think we got to get him talking about your tree. Yeah, I, I was talking to a guy about that just the other day, and I said, don't touch it. Nobody touch it until I get a picture and let Doug see what it is, because believe me, I've learned from experience don't touch anything when it comes to a tree or a bush unless you know what you're dealing with because one false move or a, a clip that you shouldn't do could destroy everything and take that tree or take that plant's life or bush's life, and you don't want to do that. You make me so proud, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> Doug, I'm telling you, I, I've seen the light, literally. Okay. I get it. Yeah, this morning you saw the light when Andy's light popped <laughs> right. on when you were walking to your car. Listen, I was smiling at 3 in the morning. I was so happy. I'm like, I can see the yellow brick road. You know, I can actually make it to my car. But but I don't want to touch this tree branch. It's kind of overlapping my backyard fence, and it's in front of my garage. And people are like, well, you're worried about your car. And I'm like, no, my car will be fine. But, you know, the old Rob would have just went back there and snip, snip, snip. And, but with all these great shows with Davies through the years and you and your knowledge, I just don't want to do it because I don't want to harm the tree because it's a beautiful thing. And if I do the wrong thing, I could destroy that tree, which would be a huge loss for my backyard. Yeah, definitely. We'll talk to, I'll talk to Eric a little bit about that today. And I have a big day today at Han Nursery, and I need your help. I'm going to be working to sell plants that were grown at a place called the Drew Matheson Greenhouse at the Bidwell Training Center. This is a very special place to me because it offers intensive horticulture training for people of any age after high school, and it's at no charge for qualifying students. So, so many people who want to move into horticulture as a career and, and might not be able to do it any other way. This is a great program. I've been a big supporter of theirs since day one. Uh, I worked with them the first year they had the program. We put a, a garden together at uh, the Home and Garden Show. So that basically the greenhouse, because of COVID, has too many plants, and Han Nursery donated this outdoor space to sell them. And we're going to be doing it safely, of course, you know, wearing masks and having social distancing. But you know how I love deals? Yes, <laughs> listen I do. To these two, listen to these two different colors of perennial hibiscus. They'll come back every year. A perennial hibiscus has a big, like, dinner plate size flower. They're only 3 bucks. Per plant, and they're in these nice six-inch pots. They look great. And there's also two different types of really beautiful hardy hydrangeas. They're the biggest flower heads I've ever seen. They're normally about thirty bucks, but they're only six dollars for a, a nice hydrangea shrub you can plant right now. With this break in the weather we're having, it's going to be perfect timing to plant. It's all to benefit the horticulture program for the Drew Matheson uh, Center, Bidwell Training Center, and it, and it's just uh, come down. I'll help you shop. 
look for some other things or some other good bargains. Today from 11 to 2 at Han Nursery, that's in Ross at 3 Degree in, in Babcock. 11 to 2 today, get some deals and help a good cause. Listen, before we get to a break, uh, DougOster.com. What's on DougOster.com? I think you'll really enjoy the video I did for Pittsburgh Today Live about watering because there is a little scene in there. <laughs> I guess I shouldn't spoil it, but uh, when the guy was filming, I jumped through the sprinkler like a little kid, and I got a lot of a lot of responses to that. It was a lot of fun and uh, all sorts of stuff at DougOster.com, you know, all my gardening stories. You know, a timely gardening story um, that I've I've told before. I, I did a story in 2004 about Ralph Brock. He's the first African American forester, and so I re- re- revisited that story. Talked to some people at Penn State, and that story has been getting a, a lot of interest. Listen, I told Mike Bronaszewski we were talking about the sprinkler and how it's still one of the best tickets in town for a day like today, especially if you have young children at home. But you knew me back in the day when I could probably go through a sprinkler and not a single drop of water would hit me. And I don't want to say I've gained a lot of weight, but if I go through a sprinkler now, we need to have a lifeguard on duty. So, (laughs) When I went through, if I laid down on the ground, Greenpeace would come and say, breathe, breathe, please. It'd be like moving the swale. Oh, no, I don't think so. All right, listen, uh, lots to get to with uh, Uncle Doug, so give us a call, 866-391-1020. And again, congratulations, John in Pittsburgh. You got $25, and you're heading to an incredible destination that is in Wexford. That is Sorgal. Stay with us. Doug is just underway. And still to come, Ari Countryman talking trees with Davy Trees on the Organic Gardener Show and your star, Doug Oster, and his radio. Radio 1020, KDK Radio. Good morning. All right, here we go, ladies and gentlemen. Now, we're going to take one right after another. Lots of folks want to talk to Doug, and we've got Eric Countryman waiting in the wings, Davy Trees, talking trees. So let's get started for Doug, and let's go to Washington and say hi to Tim. Tim, how you doing? Hey, guys. How's it going? Good. Hey, um, uh, where I'm at right now, we have uh, some low uh, evergreen ground cover, the kind that's good for nothing, tripping over, basically. Um. Can flame gold spirea, can that be uh, divided, or do, they, do you just have to buy the plant? No, no, you could, you, could, you could get in there and, and take a look at it. I would want to get down to the bottom and see what you have there, uh, as long as there's a couple different, uh, you know, shrubby-type uh, stems coming up. You'd be good to do it. I wouldn't do it until we got to... September, though, to cool things off a oh, little yeah. bit. The, the reason well, we they, do that is... is it, yeah, go ahead. Okay, I'm sorry. These are only only a couple years old, so they not, may not be well enough established yet. Yeah, I would just take your time, take a look at the bottom, and see what you have there. And if it looks like you've got enough where you could take it out, hack it in half maybe, uh, and, and it, you know, spireas in general, they're, they're kind of a weed. Uh, and, I mean, I love them. I grow lots of them, and... Yeah, you could you could propagate them that way. All right, if I yeah if I can't do that, I may just take some cuttings of um, Bridge of Sharon because those things talk about growing like weeds. Yeah, you know, they no, can be the, trained ro- in. Rose, Rose of Sharon is one of those love it or hate it things, and I love it. But uh, you know, over the years when Jessica was on the show, she absolutely hates them. But I try and talk people into them. You, but you're right, they just. <laughs> They go like crazy. I don't even know if you need cuttings. I bet you could find uh, lots of little seedlings underneath. All right. So thanks very much. Let's go to Swickley and talk to John. John, you're on with Doug Oster. Good morning. Yeah, good morning. Um, I just have a, a question about hydrangea. And I, after this, I have just a very small question about grass cutting. Anyhow, I had hydrangeas, and last year I called, and I said it's been two years and no blooms. 
right. the uh, leaves were thick, rich, very uh, voluptuous. I can't think of a better word. I mean, really thick, beautiful leaves, but n- nothing, no blooms at all. And you suggested something called polytone. And uh, no, in fact, originally you said after two years, forget it, tear it out, do a new plant. But then you suggested. No, I didn't say. I didn't say that. I never said that. That's Jessica saying that. I think. <laughs> okay. Well, maybe. Okay, maybe it was Jessica because it was. Because I, I do remember you said, "Hey, after two years, you're probably not going to get anything." So anyhow, you suggested using polytone. Well, I'll tell you, thank God I didn't tear it out or you know start from scratch do another plant. We have the most beautiful pink and purple blooms like I've never oh, seen that, before in my life. It, it's that, gorgeous. That is awesome. Part, part, partly like, too, what might have helped was we had an easy winter. One thing I want you to think about with that hydrangea and the thing that I'm doing, and it is a pain, but I, I'm pounding in four tomato stakes around my plants and then putting on the outside some burlap just to protect the buds. What happens at the end of the season, we get uh, a thaw, the buds swell, and then we get real cold temperatures, and that can kill the buds. So that that could be one of your problems. But I, I know that the fertilizer helps. And imagine that, a voluptuous hydrangea. I love it. Thanks so much for your call. All right. uh, We are now going to go to Melissa in Allison Park. Hey, Melissa, how are you? Good morning. I'm doing great, guys. How are you today? Good. We're doing good. What's on your mind? Two-part question for you. The first one, my husband's got some cabbage growing in our garden. Last year, the cabbage did absolutely nothing. We had to end up pulling it all out. This year, he's got it in two different places. One's on the far side, which kind of gets a little bit of shade, and the other one's in the full sun. One is regular cabbage. The other is red. The red cabbage is not doing anything. It's not producing anything in the center. Is there anything that he can do to it to help promote it to grow a little Uh, bit better? It's it's probably too late in the season, and I have seen this a lot, actually, uh, just because we've had such uh, hot and dry weather. In fact, I was at a place just a couple days ago, same thing, uh, where they had a cabbage in one spot, doing fantastic and then another one that didn't quite get exactly what it needed and yeah i I, if it was me i would start again if i could find new plants you know cabbage love cool weather they love cool spring weather and i would i would go to a good nursery and and find another plant and i would if it was me i'd give up on that red cabbage enjoy the other one though he bought all the other ones everything he bought it we bought at janoski so he's from a reputable thing the second question is poison ivy my son bought a house a couple years ago and there was a field behind them didn't have to worry about stuff they have a fence there's about a four-foot section before their property ends well somebody bought the field and they're putting in patio homes he's got this four feet now of where it's been oh we've got some weeds we'll throw them back there uh there it was planted once upon a time with some different things but it's also covered in poison ivy what can i use to kill the poison ivy rob we have time you got exactly 30 seconds go okay great uh poison ivy is is tough it, it, first off if you are uh highly allergic have somebody else do this have somebody else do this job the best way to do it is pull it out and how we do that is we take a trash bag we put it around our arm we reach down and we pull and pull and pull and fill up that trash bag there are some organic herbicides, uh, one called Nature's Avenger and Burnout, that might help. But the best results I've had, and it's not easy, and I'm not allergic at this point, is just is just pulling it out but doing it safely. 
We'll be back. We are now joined by our friend Eric Countryman from the Davy Tree Expert Company. Eric, how are you today? I'm doing well, Doug. How are you? Uh, I just heard that weather forecast. I'm not doing too good. I don't like 90 degrees. That means I might have to water some of my small trees. How did you get through would... the, the the heat spell for your trees before we got to uh, rain yeah. last week? I mean, water, water, water. It's uh, it has been a challenge this last uh, what month or two at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the big the biggest thing is just not forgetting about it. Lots of people don't uh, you know think those big maples or oaks or or even just a nice Japanese maple need any water, but you got to remember to put the hose down at the base of it and just let it run and soak the area really good at least a few times a week, or, or they could suffer some problems. Yeah, it looks like we have some rain coming Tuesday. I'll probably water my containers today, but I'm going to hold off on my trees and shrubs hoping for that rain. So let's talk a little bit about plant health in general, especially during this, this dry, hot summer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, what you know, a lot of things uh, kind of go wrong when things get drought stressed. Uh, we see actually an increase in insectivity on the, uh, you know, on your specifically shrubs, but also trees. When things get dry, the trees are stressed, more likely to be uh, sort of you know attacked by the the malcontents out there. Uh, and yeah, uh, the, the heat. Go ahead. The heat tends to drive a, a little bit more higher mite activity. Uh, so you see a lot more of, of, of that, and um, uh, the, you know, and this year actually, because we didn't have a good cold winter, I've, I've been seeing quite a lot of bagworm problems as well. Bagworms, and then for me, it's uh, the thing called the, and we talk about it a lot, and I hope I'm not talking about it too much because it's affecting me. The hemlock woolly adalgid. Tell oh, people yeah. what that looks like if they have a if they have a hemlock tree. What it, what looks like and what we can do about it. Well, you, you, you see the, the main sign of it is down kind of the stems there toward the end of your branches. You're going to see little white uh, sort of balls, looks like uh, little balls of wool, which is kind of where the name comes from. And that's the, uh, you know, it's a sign you have this insect. It's going to continue to sort of suck on the trees. Uh, you end up with a lot of needle drop. You get uh, really shortened growth. Uh, if you do get any growth on the branches, it could lead to, you know, the death of the plant. It's a, it's a pretty bad invasive little insect. Yeah, and that's why I always hope for a, at least a cold snap during the winter to knock them back. In the last couple winters, they've been knocked back, but we had such an easy winter. I'm out there, and I'm I'm whatever I can reach. I'm coating them with horticultural oil uh, as an organic control. Uh, what yeah. else have you seen out there? Has there been anything unusual during a dry period like this? As far as pests, I mean, I, uh, as far as pests, um, you know, we're we're, I, I'm not seeing as much, uh, you know, sort of disease pressure as we've typically had, um, especially things like powdery mildew, um, sort of those late season ornamental uh, diseases that can really cause problems. That seems to be um, because it wasn't, you know, quite as damp uh, and it, it is, you know, things are definitely able to dry out when it rains. We're not seeing too much of that. Um, and, you know, but again, with, with stress leads to boar infestations because the plant's weak, it's more susceptible to that. So you, you, you do want to make sure uh, you're not piling your mulch up around the base of your trees. It, even that could hold a, that tiny little bit of moisture. It's going to attract those bugs and you're going to end up with a, you know, a problem right there at the, you know, the root collar. So keep that mulch away from the, the base of the tree, but still we want to mulch, right? 
Oh, mulching the root system is definitely, you know, uh, is going to be helpful. What little, you know, rain we're getting, that's going to help hold that moisture down toward the soil. But piled up around that trunk is a bad idea. So you want to get it at, back at least, you know, two, three inches away from that base of the tree. As somebody who spends so much time in looking at, at these landscapes, is it, is it a better summer for you or a worse summer for you to have a summer like this? The last couple have been just wet, and like you said, Every time you go, you would see some kind of fungal issue. We're not seeing as many of those. Every season's different. Does it matter to you as a professional, whether it's a rainy season or a hot season, as far as what you're seeing and what you're doing? Well, you know, the benefit of a, of a dry season is that you're not soaking wet every single day you're outside. <laughs> uh, but, the be- you know, the downside of it, you know, I, I would say I, this is almost a little bit easier to maintain because, um, you know, water can fix a lot of problems, and you can always supplement the watering. Uh, when we're getting too much water, you know, you can't dry out the world. So sometimes this, this it makes it a little bit easier to control, uh, but, uh, you know, you, like you said, it does present its own problems. So uh, Rob has a problem near his garage. He's going to send us a picture, but he's not touching these broken branches and stuff that are that are coming from his tree because he wants to make sure it is done right talk a little bit about that about going as a professional certified arborist going to someone's property and giving them sort of an assessment of what they can do and what you should do as a pro sure i mean you know we're we're happy to you know try to advise people you know on how they can take care of stuff i mean one of the better benefits of having an arborist come out and look is, you know, we can kind of show you where, you know, you could be making your proper pruning cut so that the tree can, um, you know, can heal. But uh, there's, you, you know, stuff that just can't be reached by, you know, the ground from a, you know, a pole pruner by a general homeowner. And that's where, uh, you know, an arborist is able to, to climb up in the tree or has the lifts and no, kind of knows how to handle these, especially over, you know, garages, roofs, fences, obstacles, you know, we're, we're trained and skilled in how to deal with that. But, you know, when it's talking about how to, you, you know, take some dead wood out of a dogwood, you know, we can, we can help you with that. And you, then you know where to, where to make your pruning cuts so that you get a proper good healing on them. You know, just about every garden I go to, when I'm there in person, I get a question about a tree. And I was at a, at a place the other day, and they had a hemlock. I mean, it was growing six inches from the side of the house, and it went straight up into the cable lines and was just reaching into the power lines. And the guy's asking me, should it come down? I said, yeah, it should come down. But I'm telling you right now, do not attempt this on your own. This has That's to be right. done by a professional. Uh, anything close to power lines, anything close to, to the house, spend the money and, and get it done right and done safely, right? I would say so. I mean, there's a lot of things that can go wrong. Uh, and, you know, you want to protect your property. You know, the, uh, I guess the little bit of money spent to do it safely is probably going to be worth any damage to, you know, your property or yourself, God forbid, <laughs> if something yeah. goes wrong. So when we're getting close to, to the start of, of real planting season, uh, and I'm spending my time, like this is the time that I poke around at the nurseries and I see what's, what they have left that's, that's been there since the spring, trees and shrubs. When, when, did, when do we start, like, planting full force when we, when we can safely put the – I mean, I'm, I'm sure you could plant now, but I don't want to plant now because I don't want to water, water, water. I'm going to wait a little bit until things cool off. What is your – when do you look at as, as the uh, prime time to start planting shrubs and trees? 
I mean, for me, I actually kind of start getting my wits about me there around just after Labor Day. I think mm-hmm. uh, it takes some preparation. You want to make sure your soil is ready for it. You know, you want to make sure, you know, if you're going to be planting a tree in just solid clay, you might need to dig that out, get some better soil mixed in, some organic material. Same thing with any potted plants. Um, so, you know, prepping there while, you know, but you want to get them in before frost happens. So if you start after Labor Day getting yourself ready, hopefully, you know, the heat breaks there through September and you can get your trees in and plants in there. Um, you wouldn't want to wait. I mean, you could plan all the way through the winter if you really want to, but I, I usually like that kind of mid-September to mid-October window. All right. Great, Eric. Hang with us here. We'll see if we get some tree questions coming up in the next segment. For more information about Davy Tree or to ask what's going on with your trees, go to davy.com slash kdka. And remember, you can always call the experts from Davy Tree at 855-982-TREE. That's 855-982-8733. Coming back with Doug and Eric, and again, your questions at 866-391-1020. And also, congratulations to Maria, winner of that uh, wonderful gift certificate to Janoski's, where sweet corn and tomatoes of the season are awaiting you right now. And coming up next hour, light summer dessert recipes as we continue on your Sunday morning with the Coons Cooking Hour with Joe and Frank Dentisi on News Radio 1020 KDK Radio. Good morning. Yeah, and joining uh, Doug on the uh, disc to the Pittsburgh Newsline, Eric Countryman from Davy Trees just completed Davy Trees Talking Trees moments ago, but we've got more tree questions. We'll get to them in a moment. But up next in Indiana, here's Ed for Doug Oster on the Organic Gardener KDK Radio. Good morning, Ed. Hey, how you doing? Good. What's your question? Um, uh, you already answered part of my question about woolly adelgia. Uh, my neighbor's trees have it. His trees are like 30 or 40 years old. Does it matter that my trees are within 25 foot of his? Mine are about 20 years old. Uh, how does this stuff spread? Yeah, Eric, uh, he doesn't have it yet. The neighbors have it. What do you think? It'll probably move right over to your property. Uh, 25 feet is close enough. It seems like miles are close enough. Unfortunately, it travels quite easily. I think, you know, it moves around via birds. It moves around, you know, through the air. It, it's easy to move. So, I would say that, yes, if your neighbor is suffering from the problem, if you don't have it yet, um, it probably isn't far behind. All right, let's go to uh, Kim in Wexford for Doug and Eric. Hey, Kim, how you doing? Good, how are you? Good, what's your question? Well, I have an oak tree, and the last couple of years, it's ha- the leaves have gotten brown and shrivelly, and I'm looking on the back right now, and they have these little kind of rust-colored dots all over them. And uh, there, there's big uh, holes where they've had bugs. I, I've watered it pretty faithfully this season. I don't, I don't know what it is or how to treat it. Go ahead, Eric. Uh, so that's yeah, that sounds like oak anthracnose. It's a fungal disease. It actually gets into the stems of the trees, infects those leaves right as they come out in the springtime. Uh, pretty common problem, especially on stressed out oak trees. So one of the best things you do is get an arborist to look at it. There are some fungicide treatments if it needs to go that far, but a lot of times good fertilization, good watering, trying to just generally improve the health can, can help this. Uh, and Dracos is a bit of a stress disease, but if it is very thorough in, and getting into the stems, you might need a little bit more help than just uh, you know fertilizer and water. Doug, you got about 30 seconds, and if you will, take us home. Go ahead. All right. Hey, join me today at Han Nursery. I am doing a, a special plant selling uh, day there for the Drew Matheson Greenhouse at Bidwell Training Center, trying to help them out. We've got plants that are really cheap. We've got some perennial hibiscus, 
Come back year after year, three bucks each. Some great hydrangeas, six bucks each today, 11 to 2 at Han Nursery. Remember, organic gardeners, you make our world brighter and safer with each seed you sow and every garden you grow. All right, great job, Doug. Great job, Eric. And, of course, Davy Trees, Talking Trees, will be back in two weeks from today. And Doug, of course, will be back next Sunday and every Sunday, Rob Pratt Sunday, beginning at 7 a.m. Light summer desserts. You don't want anything that's going to weigh you down, but you want something to kind of satisfy your palate. A lot of staying at home time, a lot of cooking at home. We have featured all sorts of great things from in the kitchen to the grill on your uh, deck or patio. But today, Joe and Frank. Frank Dentisi are going to talk produce. They're going to talk jello. They're going to talk uh, sorbet. They're going to talk sherbet, ice cream, maybe a light type of pie of some sort with all of that fresh fruit, maybe apple or peaches. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, it's light summer dessert recipes. Moments away on the Coons Cooking Hour, which is on its way right after Melinda checks the news next at 8 a.m. Rob Pratt Sunday, News Radio 1020, KDK Radio. Good morning.